Hi, I'm Anthony Sharon, pastor of First Assembly of God of Greater Lansing, better known as GL First. I hope this message connects you to God's Word and His vision for your life. You can find out more about us at glfirst.org. Thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. Okay, what happened to the, uh, the right side of the church? The right side must not come when snow uh, drops outside. Left side is here, so I'm gonna need some energy from the left side. You too, I need some energy from the right side, okay, too, just saying, okay? I'm not, I'm not leaving you out. Casey back there, I know you can get big and loud, so. All right, we're gonna need amens this morning. We're gonna need um, a little bit of energy. I got a text earlier that said we got a lot of people watching online, so hello to you out there. Um, we're just so grateful that you could join us. I'm not gonna make any jokes and make you feel bad for not coming but you should feel a little bad, just a little bit, that's all, okay? Oh, man, I'm Pastor Anthony, and, um, you know, we're starting a new series today, and it is entitled Mindset, Mindset, and I thought that it would be important for us to just review some of the things that we think about, uh, how we, because here's the reality, what you think, your, your mindset is going to get you wherever you want to go in life. Your mindset, your mindset controls how much faith you have. Your, your mindset, it sets everything up. It sets you up for success. And the one thing that I've heard this week, because this has been a very tough week, okay? We, we've lost a few people, and I'll go over that in just a second. We have, um, uh, I've gotten word over and over again that I think something happens after the holidays. There's like this big drop. And especially coming from 2020 to 2021, something happens. It's like um, you, you, we all expected that 2021 instantly was just going to be better. Like, oh man, this is over. 2020's over. This is it. This is, we've got this thing. We're going to, everything's going to fall into place. 2021 is going to be the year of like no other. And then you wake up one morning on January 31st and you realize that nothing has changed from 2020 to 2021. Absolutely nothing. The holidays are gone, You're, you, you become depressed, and, and some of us has dro- have dropped even further than we did in 2020. And I'm here to tell you that we've got to pick ourselves up, okay? You are responsible for your energy level, you're responsible for your mindset, you're responsible for your attitude. Let me ask you this. I'll just, I'll just be very frank. Not Anthony, but Frank today. Because if Frank messes up, you can just blame him. And, but seriously, if, what's easier to change? Your mindset or your circumstances? Right? Because the reality is your circumstances, you have very little control over. Very little, if at all, if at all, okay? And, and you, I, I got to tell you what, man, I, I am, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to be preaching to myself 
And you guys can just come to, along on this journey if you want to, but I need it. And, and I tell you, I am tired. I, I heard this a long time ago. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, right? And I'm sick and tired of walking around with fear and doubt and, and all of these things and on my mind and stress. Anybody tired of being stressed? Right? Like it does no good. Like I, I, I figured out, I've been keeping out like a, a pain journal of my back. And, and I'm pretty sure that a lot of my pain in my back comes from my stress level. I'm pretty sure. Like it, 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 maybe it's just a big coincidence. I don't know. But I, I'm thinking that I'm carrying things that I should not be carrying on my shoulders. Does anybody else kind of feel like that you've been carrying things that maybe aren't your responsibility to carry? And so how do we let go of some of this stuff? So today, what we're talking about is we've got to change our mindset and start paying attention to the good. And today is a, a reminder of, of, of that and how we do that and how we make this switch. And this whole series is going to get us closer to what I believe is a, a more intimate relationship with Jesus. Okay, we're going to be going through, again, our mindset, paying attention to um, the good this week, um, paying attention to um, Jesus. How do, we pay, how do we find Jesus in the midst of all these, these things going on? We're going to talk about paying attention to um, our future, talk about paying attention to missions, because missions month is coming up, right? I mean, we're, we're one day away from missions month, people. And what you do in missions month sets us up for the entire year for missions. And I know it's been crazy and we've got to reach deep and talk with Jesus and understand what he wants us to do and have enough faith to do it. We, we choose what we focus on people. And what we focus on, I think, triggers the way we think about things. It triggers the way we, um, how we, how we comprehend situations, how we live our life, how we wake up, how we go to bed, how we receive people, how we love the people that are in our households. How many of you guys know that if mom or dad is in a bad mood, the rest of the household kind of goes, right? Especially if mom's in a bad mood, that's the way it works in our house. Like if mom's in a bad mood, all bets are off. Like, I love you, Christina, but man, you, if you're in a bad mood, that puts me in an instant bad mood. I don't even know why. It just does. Like, I just mirror that, 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 that mood, and then I give it to my kids because I can't yell at my wife. Dad, what are you, what are you yelling for? I don't know why I'm yelling. Paul talks about the importance of uh, this concept. We're going to go through it in, uh, I believe, Philippians 4.8. You don't have to just find it in your Bible if you can real quick. All right. And he talks about how the power, uh, our thoughts have the power to either uh, drag us down to an emotional um, and spiritual valley of, of death or bring us up to this mountaintop moment. Our thoughts have the power to do that. As a foundational rule, here it is, focusing on the negative things will make it very difficult for us to see the positives. Here's the reality. More good happens to you in a day than bad. 
Now, I need you to understand that. Can you, get, can you just wrap your head around this, this concept? Very, not everybody walks around like that book, Terrible Bad Day or whatever, right? The No Good, Terrible Bad Day, where they, all they do is list all the bad things that have ever happened to them all throughout the day. And you're thinking, man, this kid has got the worst luck in the world. This has got the worst life ever. But the reality is, is even in that day, he had more good things happen to him than the bad. But if we focus on the negative, then we miss the positive. This is not a positive affirmation kind of message. This is not, nothing like that. I'm telling you that your Lord has built you to, to to be able to lift yourselves out of these valleys. He has built you to do that. He has equipped you to do that. Because the reality of it is, is this. If you all only focus on the negative things, more often than not, you're going to miss the Spirit of God moving in your life. You're going you're gonna to miss it. You're going to miss it. How many of you guys, um, I don't know how you dis- define success, and, but I will say this. Any way you define success, if you put a successful person and you put that image in your brain, it could be all the people in the Bible, it could be um, billionaires, millionaires, it could be people that are famous, whatever it is. Just whatever your idea of success is, picture somebody, and, and I'm, I'm telling you, the one thing that they all have in common is that they were able to overcome some pretty bad things in their lives. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. And look around you. Right now, all these people are living pretty much the same way you are. They went through 2022. They went through 2020, the first month of 2021. They went through all of the negative things that you have and felt all the feelings that you have felt, yet there are people popping up and being successful during this time. And I've got to think that the difference between some of us and some of them is their mindset, their mentality, the way they look at the world, the way they allow God to move in their lives. I need you to start thinking about things that you're thinking about. Start understanding why you're thinking about them. Start empowering yourself to throw some of them in the garbage. We have to learn to be aware of our thought process on a daily basis. This is an important factor in in a healthy walk with Christ and even on our view of who God is and who he made us to be. And we often skip over this. I want to pray real quick before I uh, continue. So if we can close our eyes and bow our heads and let's just, let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I, I know that I have been guilty, especially during this week on many occasions of simply not paying close enough attention to what kind of thoughts are taking up the space in my mind. Some of them are good, but often I find myself thinking negative things toward myself, toward others, and sometimes even you. So I ask that you would forgive me, forgive us for this. And as we begin this series, God, that you would allow me to rewire my thought process, allow everybody that hears my voice to begin to rewire their thought process and to begin to accept the good things that are in their lives, to meditate on those good thoughts. And and Father, we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. So I told you this week that we have lost a few people. 
Um, give you a couple updates. Pastor Paul, we, we gave him another Sunday off because of uh, COVID in their household and different things. And we just want to be, we want to be safe. We want to be wise, you know. And, and the one thing that this time has allotted us is time. It, that's, it's, it's crazy concept. It's like this thing. And, and I, I found myself this week feeling all this pressure to um, push through things like I, I do. Like, no, we got to get this done. We got to get Let's do this. Make sure you come back on this day here. And then it just dawned on me that, you know what? The Lord has given us a gift of time. And we need to actually take advantage of that. And I said, you know, I called them and I said, you know, I need you to stay home another week. Just do it. We've got the time. Enjoy it. Get better. Get healthy. Okay, do the things that you have to do. We will postpone everything else. Um, statements, things like that, we can get those out. They're not even going to be taking taxes. They, they postponed all this. If the government can postpone life for two weeks, I think that we can postpone a couple of things during the week, another week, right? And then through this process, all of a sudden, man, the weight of, of the world, like other COVID things, um, Pastor Bill Walbridge, uh, who worked here as the pastoral care pastor up until um, March of, of last year, March, April. Uh, because of COVID, he had to stay home. And he caught COVID somehow and passed away this week. And, um, and I, I, got his, I got a text from his daughter, and I wanted to share this with, with everybody. I said, uh, Pastor Bill Walbridge went to meet um, his Heavenly Father, January 25th at 4.55, after a difficult 22-day battle with COVID. Cheryl, Hillary, and Jacob were all able to, to be with him as he took his last breath, much like he has done for so many of his church family over the past 35 years. The Walbridge family will plan a memorial service over the summer in light of current COVID crisis. They also thank you for all of the love and the prayers that you have sent during this very difficult time. Cheryl is home recovering from her COVID stay and asked for continual prayers during her recovery process. So I wanted to read that to you and just, you know, I know that Pastor Bill has touched a lot of lives. I know that um, just in this room, he has visited every single one of the people um, here in, in some form or fashion to pray with you to uh, see you in the hospital, to see, to pray over a uh, hospital visit, to pray, pray over all of these things. He has been there. And uh, he was an amazing musician who lent his skills uh, to, the, to the worship team, to even my son, to show him different things and how to play certain things. Um, he, he has had a huge influence over my life. He was one of my mentors, one of the people that I would give the... Um, opened my ears up to. I figured he had all this experience pastoring. That'd be the one voice you'd probably need. And that was one of the first people I ran to when I got assigned this church um, to bring onto my team because I needed him much more than everybody else. And then last, uh, yesterday I got word that Larry Wells passed away. Um, some of you might not know who Larry Wells was, but Larry Wells was the treasurer of this church for decades, okay? Immensely bright person, dry personality, but funny as all get out. Um, and he actually taught me how to 
do church finances and different things. And he battled through dementia and all these other things and sickness and illness. And it was just, it was so sad to see his decline. And it was almost a celebration to see him go to the Lord. But you see, you still carry this weight of losing somebody that you, you love and this void in your life. And I, and I, I'm telling you, I'm feeling it just like everybody else is feeling these things. Because I know that every single one of us has our own stories over this last year. You know, one of the things that I hear most often is, um, I didn't think it was going to last this long. It was like one week, I remember telling everybody in a letter, we wrote, we had a, had a whole, whole letter prepared. And I remember in March, Pat Traub knows the exact date. I don't know the date, but she's got it in her journal. <laughs> she reminds me of it quite often. And, uh, and I remember reading this letter to everybody. And before I even got through to the whole letter, the whole world changed. Like, I kid you not. Like, we got done with church and thought everything was like, okay, okay, we're taking precautions, people. And then literally the next week, we were shut down. And we were shut down for months trying to figure out how to do things. And, you know, and we're still feeling the effects of, of all that and carrying those burdens. But I tell you, if I keep focusing just on that, I will not get up in the morning. You know, what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was cold this morning, okay? And Elijah was next to me, and that dude was warm, right? And I'm telling you, man, and, and I was like, oh, man, I don't want to get up. Like there's, just, like, there's just life, and I'm not looking forward to life, but I have to. I have to, because there is more to this life than the bad things that happen to us. There has to be. We, have, we are more than the sum of the negative things that happen to us. We are more than that. We have been made conquerors in this world. We have been made victorious. And that comes with our mindset, the way that we choose to think. And we have to consciously think against our natural thoughts all the time. All the time, especially every single morning. We're going to talk a couple ways on how to do that today. Practical ways and steps. Here's the truth. And we've all, we've all got to recognize this. The world around us loves to be a thief. The world around us loves to be a thief. Life loves to be a thief when it comes to our thoughts and our mindset. It loves to be a thief. It loves to steal the joy from you. It loves to throw the joy of somebody else in your face and make you feel bad about your life. It loves to tell you you're not good enough. It loves to say that life is just horrible. Look at all the bad. Look at all the bad. Look at all the bad. It loves to just throw it in your face all the time. And we fall for it. We fall for it. How many times do you stay up at night clicking on things that you have no business clicking on? You're sitting there scrolling through other people's things, and then in your mind, you're like, I can't believe they did that. How'd they afford a new car? <laughs> they got a new car? And you sit there, and you're like, hashtag hater, right? I can't believe they did this. I can't. They're mo- they got new furniture, too? Oh, God must be good to you. God is good. I hope you're tithing. Probably not, heathen. 
And then you get on the news and little news updates and feeds, and, and you, can't even, you can't even understand what you're hearing because you flip in one channel and you hear this, and then you flip on another channel and you hear the exact opposite. Like, that's nuts to me. It is crazy to me. I, I did an experiment, okay? The, uh, like two weeks ago, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give equal time to every, every channel. I'm proud to do that. I can do that, right? I love watching TV, so why not, right? So I challenged myself. Every news program, I was like, click. Yes, yes. Click. I was like, ooh, I totally see that point too. But that totally contradicts what I just watched. Like, I don't understand, right? Is he president or is he not president? Like, I, I really don't understand anymore. Okay, then you get online and you, you got people defending each side of all these arguments. And here's the reality. Can I, can I just say this? And this, this is going to be controversial. I get it. I get it. Just buckle in. Okay. I don't care who is president. Because I serve a king. I serve the king of kings. And here's the reality. Here's the truth that I set my feet on. This is the truth that I try to meditate through all of this garbage because I had to, I had to bring myself back because, man, I was going into a dark spot. I'm telling you, just by flipping through channels, watching CNN and then Fox and then CNN again and then Fox because that's the only two news stations, isn't it? <laughs> here's the reality. My Lord is going to return, and it does not matter who my president is. It doesn't matter who your pastor is. It does not matter all of these things that we keep elevating to the top of our game. It does not matter because my Jesus is coming back. He has promised me a return. So that's what I put my faith on. That's what I put my feet on. That's what I continue to walk in that truth. Because the rest of it gets, it gets convoluted, gets murky, gets muddy, yucky, right? As my four-year-old would say, it's yucky. Yes, it is. It is so yucky. So yucky. Our mindset has the potential to influence our faith, people. Our mindset has the potential to influence our faith. Why, I have to, I have to literally stop what I'm doing and retrain my mind to focus on scriptures. I have to do that. I, I, it doesn't just come naturally. It's not something that just like, oh, look at that. I need to open my Bible up and read today. No, because that's against the grain of who I, who I am, of, of what my, my nature wants to do. My nature wants to dig in and go into this rabbit hole of, of destruction and doom that I watch on TV. So here's the thing. Over the next few weeks... I want to allow God to influence our mindsets in a positive way. Will you, will you guys join with me as we do this? Yeah. Is that cool with you guys online? Will you guys join with me as we do this? I hear you. Okay, good. All right, so here's the thing. As we kick this off, go ahead and turn to Philippians 4.8. This is our main verse for today. We're going to be looking at it. We're going to be digging through it. And uh, I believe God desires us desires to show us how we can begin to pay attention to the good things in life. To the good things in life. 
You guys want to do that? Okay, good. I need some energy in here, people. Okay, because I would have stayed in bed. All right? Like, that was the easiest choice to make this morning. I even text AJ. I was like, how are the roads, man? He's like, they're horrible. I was like, awesome. I'm going to cover up. Literally, I let my, my car run so long, it almost ran out of gas. I kid you not. And I did not stop to get gas on the way here because I was like, no, it's too cold. Like, where are the full-service gas stations at? I would, I would gladly pay $3 a gallon right now if you pump it. Now, if you let me keep the car on and the heat going, I'll pay four. Just saying, there are people like me out there. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true... Now, that, that assumes, there's a lot of assumptions just in that thing right there, okay? Because, like I said, we have this statement of your truth and all this stuff. I believe that whatever is true is true, okay? And I believe that you have to be able to find that truth and understand where that truth lies. For me, that truth lies in the Bible, okay? That is my foundational truth. It has to be because everything else is just opinion, and, and I'm telling you, I have to have something to base things off of, and that is my concrete. Okay, so whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is uh, commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. You got some latitude in there. Like if there's anything excellent, think about it. Think about anything good. That's, what, that's basically what Paul is saying. Paul is summing it up and going, hey, there's some good things out there. Why don't you try thinking about this stuff, right? He mentions a few words, but they're all defined as good, okay? However, knowing what good thoughts are is one thing. Putting them in your brain and choosing to focus on them is another thing. Those are two totally different things, Okay? So how do, we, how do we begin to do this consistently? I, I believe there are a few things that, that can help us. And the number one thing is this. And it's on the screen. Identify the wrong. You guys already know when you're thinking about the wrong thoughts. Okay? You already know you're thinking about the wrong thoughts. When you walk in and you say, man, I just want to punch this kid. That's probably a wrong thought. Okay? Wrong thought. You need to flush that thought and go, oh, this kid is so talented and gifted and I love him. And yes, I would love to play with the balloon. And, and of course, you can have a popsicle, Elijah. If you're listening to this right now, you can have a popsicle right now. This is the first thing he woke up to. He woke up this morning and was like, Dad, can I have a popsicle? Here, catch this balloon. I'm like, whoa, hold up, man. Like, we just started off at 100 miles an hour. We need to step back. Like, it takes Dad a few hours to get there. Okay, like, like, listen, man, I'm like an old classic car. Like, we go zero to 10 in 60, 60 days. Okay, and then we'll get to 12, 13, 14, all the way up to 100. This kid lives in the fast lane. Identify the wrong. Here, speaking of Elijah, he's four years old. And uh, Elijah, I, I am trying to teach him the difference between right and wrong. Now, there's a couple things that are different than me than when Isaiah was, was born, right? Isaiah's like, oh my goodness, yes. 
There are so many things different. Like right now, he's, Elijah's being raised by grandparents, basically. Okay? Where, where Isaiah was raised by the Marine Corps. Okay? To- totally different mindsets. Okay? And, and I'm, I'm telling you, and, it's, and I don't know which one's better. We haven't had the litmus test yet. Elijah's four. So we'll find out in another 17 years, right? So we'll see. Odds are... I don't know. I'm not an odds maker. So, so this, here's the thing. This is a long process. When I was teaching Isaiah, it was like a, uh, I realized many years later, it was a fruitless effort at first. Okay? Now, now, that doesn't mean that it was a hopeless effort. It was a fruitless effort. Just like when you were being taught right or wrong by your parents. Okay? Anybody sitting next to their parents? Who, who has their parents in the room with them? Look at your parents right now and apologize. I'm going to tell you something that's very true. You, and if you don't notice this yet, you just ain't old enough. Your parents were right. Right? Your parents were right. Not some of the time, but all the time. You just didn't have the perspective to understand it yet. Okay? Just, so just go ahead and get it over with now and just say, man, I'm sorry. I am so sorry. Okay? I'll, I'm, you can do it in public, call it a joke, but secretly mean it. And just when they try to bring it back up and be like, you remember that one time in church I said I'm sorry? I, I said that's when I did it. I meant it. But here's the thing. And it, it was a fruitless effort at first because it was like I was saying the same ridiculous things over and over and over again. Do you remember any of the things I used to tell you, Isaiah? He's on the spot now. He's like, what did I, what? (laughs) (laughs) I I was, yeah, yeah, I was strict. Some of you guys heard that. He was like, dad, you wouldn't let me drink Coca-Cola until I was 13. Like, me and Elijah drink Coke <laughs> in front of them. I don't know. Right? You're like, Dad, can I have some of this? Yeah, just give me some too. Uh, because I cared about his health. Like, everything that went into his body, I was like, oh, we've got to make sure that we monitor. We gotta, he's got to eat the right stuff. And then it was just like, Whatever. But it's a, it, was, it was a fruitless effort because he thought everything was ridiculous. But now, look at him, man. He's so healthy. He's never been healthier. Okay? I mean, he, he, he loves Coke in moderation. Okay? He doesn't overdo it. My other, I got a daughter who decided not to even drink pop this year or Slurpees. I called her a heathen, but she has a purpose for this. Okay, and, but it all sank in somehow, some way, but it took so long, so long. My kids, my, my 18-year-old loves business ideas. He, he, he is determined not to go to college and says, I can make all this money without going to college. I felt like I had the education growing up, but he hated the education growing up. Okay, I'm telling you, my parents, some of the things I thought were, were ridiculous, have been ingrained in me, and I just do them. How many of you guys brush your teeth in the morning? 
Not everybody has to raise their hand. We'll just assume. Okay? Now, in the beginning, somebody had to constantly tell you to brush your teeth. They said it was wrong not to brush your teeth. And now, some 100 years later, you just wake up and brush your teeth. You don't even think if it's right or wrong. It's just ingrained into who you are. Why? Because you've kicked out all the wrong and you said, you know what? I'm going to accept the good things in my life and I'm just going to do them. And they've somehow transferred into a habit. You, here's the thing. Somehow, I, my goal with Isaiah, with Athena, Andreas, Xavier, was not to simply tell them right or wrong, but to help them decipher what was right and wrong on their own. And it took some time. And, and now I believe that you know the difference between right and wrong. Right? Okay, okay, just checking. Yeah, my kids still fear me. That's, that's totally right, isn't it? <laughs> Here's the thing. It takes some time, and it's going to take you some time, because you have, you, if, if nothing else, you went through a whole year of negative garbage being put in your minds, and you're going to have to start accepting the good. You're going to have to start accepting that and, and getting rid of the, the negative, but you have to identify what is bad. What is bad at this moment? This is bad. This, you've got to say it. Even if you've got to just say it out loud. This thought set, mindset that I have right now is bad. That's the first thing. Start identifying. Look at Ephesians 4.29. It says this. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. I believe God's desire is not just to use words to encourage us, but also, um, or to encourage others, but to encourage us too. Like his words, Bree said something amazing. The other Bree, singer Bree. We got two Brees. We got like five people in the church and two of them are named Bree. <laughs> We're the church with all the Brees. And so Bree said something amazing because I told her she was going to preach. And, uh, and so she came up with this whole thing. She said, and then Casey started adding on to it. And they said, when, you know, the Lord, read all the passages where it says, thus saith the Lord, or the Lord says. And then I thought, here's the reality. When, when, when the Bible says the Lord says, understand that he's speaking to you, not just to other people around you, but to you. He's actually talking to you. It, somebody got me a, a gift this, this Christmas, and I, I love it because it's, it's all these verses that are made personal to me. They're literally printed with the name Anthony in it, right? It says, the Lord spoke to Anthony and said, Anthony, you need to blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, whoa, that is so personal. It's, it's, it's so good because it reminds me that God is here to encourage me. The truth is, we will naturally place our focus on things that distract us. We just do. This is why social media has the potential to rob each and every single one of you of, of some good thoughts. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I know that sometimes I get on this social media thing and I, and I start bashing it. And, and it's not all bad, but the majority of it is, right? 
when you post, how many of you guys get mad when somebody decides to throw their opinion on your post? And you're like, I never asked for your opinion. Didn't you, though? I'm just, <laughs> I mean, didn't you? I mean, you put it out there. You know how you don't ask for somebody's opinion? When you don't put it out there. You know? Like, I put stuff out there every once in a while, but it's nothing, I don't know. Like, I, I just don't want to hear it. The people that I live with, those are the ones that really value their opinions. And so I'd just rather ask them, hey, Christina, tell me how good I did when I get home, okay? If you have been searching for a sense of peace lately, the root issue may very well begin with what is coming in and out of your mind on a daily basis. What's coming in? What are you accepting into your life? And, and a lot of times when we get onto these things, we just scroll through and we accept whatever happens. I mean, let's say it's not even social media. Let's just say you're one of those Google search things, right? And you decide to go to the Google homepage and, you, and, and it's all personalized just for you somehow. We won't get into that. Big brother is watching, Right? You ever, you ever talk to somebody in a room like, hey, we need a new couch. And then you get on your, your, your Google and you're like, oh my goodness, there's an advertisement for a new couch. What a coinky dink. Right? And you just keep going through there, right? So, any, but anyway, so you go through and, and this is the way most people do it. They read all of the headings over each article. And every heading is gospel to them. They never click on the article. They just read on the clickbait. And a lot of times the heading has nothing to do with the article. How do I know this? Because I decided to click on some of the stuff. And I, 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 I'm going to give you this example right here. I was going through one day and it said, um, Jeff Gordon's wife stole over $100 million from him. I'm like, what? How do you steal $100 million? Is she in jail? Like, these are the thoughts that I had, right? And so I had to click on it. I was like, I, I had all these thoughts. And I was like, man, I wonder how long you get for stealing $100 million. And is it worth it? Let's find out. So I click. And I'm going through. And I'm like, okay, did, did he just give her the password? He didn't take his money out of the bank? Like, it's as simple as changing a password. Like, what are you doing? Like, how did, did she just transfer it to another bank? And do, don't they have limits on how much you can transfer at one time? Like, $100 million doesn't send like a trigger somewhere, right? And, and so I'm, I'm going through, and I'm literally on page five. And there's nothing about her stealing anything at all. Apparently, they just got a divorce, which happened like a decade ago. And it was a settlement, and I'm like, this is garbage. That wasn't even true. But how many of our, our, our things are like that, but yet we allow them to feed our minds and our souls? We allow them to come up with conclusions about the way we see the world when all they are is clickbait. Things that, that are there to just simply attach you and get your hooks, their hooks into you so that you will start to fixate on, on what they want you to fixate on. And I don't know who they are. I really don't. I've been looking for they. They are internet people, maybe. I, I have no idea. 
They are the people that come up with these brilliant things, taglines. Here's another thing. This is what we, we don't just identify the wrong, but we've got to go even deeper. We've got to replace the bad with good. Okay, so after you have the bad and you identify all the wrong things and the negative things in your life, then you got to start replacing them. It's not just good enough just to identify them and go, oh, that's a wrong thought. Well, let me just keep thinking that, right? There are countless times in scripture where we get the sense that Jesus does not just desire uh, to take some things away from us, like sins and struggles in our lives, but he intends to put something back into each and every single one of us in their place. That's what he does. And the same is true when it comes to our thought process. God's desire is not for us to, um, to have this, this uh, thing, this negative process weighing down on us constantly or these unhealthy thoughts. Instead, he wants us to meditate on the positive things mentioned in Philippians 4.8. And how do we do this? And look at Psalms 1-2. But his delight is in the law. Ignore the A. Somebody didn't delete that. That was me. It was late when I was putting that together. But his, desire, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And his law, he meditates day and night. The good things listed by Paul in Philippians only come through knowing the word of God. Knowing the word of God. There are so many incredible stories and teachings. One of my favorite times of all time is uh, when Isaiah came over early in the morning or spent the night somehow. And, and he woke up and I was up and he was like, hey, you want to do devotions with me? Remember that? That was like the coolest moment in my life. When my son was like, hey, you want to do devotions with me? And we did. We just sat there and kicked it about scripture. And I'm telling you, there are so many incredible stories. And when, they, when, when we talk about them, when we start to read them, they start to come to life in our lives. That's why I believe the, the Bible is living and breathing. Whenever we immerse ourselves in the most, whatever we immerse ourselves in the most will eventually come out of us. Okay? It'll dominate the way you think. It'll dominate the way you talk. It'll dominate the conversations that you have, the topics that you bring up. And, and this is why I firmly believe that meditation leads to transformation. Meditation leads to transformation. Paul actually talks about this concept in Romans 12 too. It says this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your, everybody say it. That by testing you uh, may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I find it easier personally to use a Bible reading plan. I'll, I'll say this openly. It, Bree, can you hand me that, that book that I put over there? It's like a prayer journal. Thank you, Bree. I appreciate it. It's a prayer journal, and it's cool. And, and these things, are they've got scriptures in there. They've got, these things don't cost very much money. Little Bible reading plans. I, matter of fact, I'll give you one right now that's free, okay? And, and it's called version. It's kind of like YouTube, but instead of tube, it's version. 
Okay? So, how do you spell that? I'll give you the spelling real quick. Y-O-U version. V-E-R-J-U-N. Okay? All right. So, I'm telling you, you just start clicking on it and it'll come up. Bible Gateway. Same organization, I do believe. Okay? They've got Bible reading plans right there. All you got to do is click on one. And it'll tell you, it'll, it'll even set up reminders for you. It'll set up an app for you to, to, to download. It'll have devotionals in there. It'll let you type things in there. And, it, and they only take like 10 or 15 minutes a day. Like how much time do you waste reading other garbage? Right? Some, some <laughs> you got like bathroom warriors who are in the bathroom typing out things on Facebook and all this other stuff. Do you know that most of our social media happens in the bathroom for some reason? Not mine. Other people's. Okay? And I only know this because that's what statistics tell me. And I don't know how they know this. I don't know. I've never filled out a survey that says, hey, where do you watch most of your Facebook postings? Maybe it's just a wild assumption. But you can do this. If you wake up in the morning and you read a couple verses, and let me tell you what not to do. Don't trick yourself into thinking that you can just wake up in the morning, flip open the Bible anywhere and begin to read. Because eventually you will not do it. You will not do it. You need to have a plan. You plan on watching a certain show at a certain time of a certain day of the week. So why can't you plan on reading your Bible at a certain time on any given day in the week? So find a plan. See, once I discovered that knowing God's word was the key of finding the good things that Paul talks about in Philippians, I was willing to do what it would take to get those things in my mind. And I have to constantly renew my mind every single day. It's not good enough to do it on Sunday. If you only do it on Sunday, you will walk away going, this Jesus thing does not work. I've heard it before. I've heard people say it before, and they came every Sunday. And you know what they're telling me? That I only did this on Sunday, and it doesn't work when I only spend a half hour a week doing it. And I'm not even reading it myself. I'm letting you read it, Pastor, to me. We have a tendency to get comfortable in our progress. And eventually, our progress begins taking steps backwards, and we accept that in our lives and we've got to stop accepting it God is not raising a bunch of failures God is not raising a bunch of backwards walking talking people he's raising up his people to be victorious in a time where they need they need the spirit of God running wild in this uh, uh, country And that leads us to our final thing today. And then I'm going to close with this. We need to allow accountability in our lives. We have to allow it. It's not good enough just to wake up and go, I'm telling myself to do this. No, you need to tell somebody you're doing it. That way, that person who loves you can actually ask you how you're doing on your progress. Hey, are you reading the Bible every single day like you were taught, like you said you would? And you might get irritated. But let me tell you, man, I've got a friend in my life 
who actually cares that I am good at life. I got a friend that he, he loves to see me thrive. He loves to see me do well in life. See, not all your friends like to see you do good in life. They're not your accountability partners. They're what you would call shoots. The people that you land on and they slide you right on down, right? But we need ladders in our lives, people that hold us to a higher standard. I love the family of God because I believe there's so many opportunities and potential for people to hold each other accountable in this church. We're best friends and we love to see each other do well in life. When he buys something, I don't go, man, I can't believe you bought that. I don't get jealous. I get excited for him. When I buy something, you know he gets excited for me? When, when we do well in life, man, it's like as if he does well in life. Do you have people like that in your life? And they say, hey, you know what? Are you doing what you said you were doing? Man, I had a friend, I'm telling you, when my back started hurting, he said, hey, I'm going to go to the gym with you. It's not good enough for you to just tell me you're going to the gym. I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to pick you up, and we are going to go there. And if I just got to sit in the waiting room, man, they, did you sign up for physical therapy yet? And he kept asking me and asking me. I'm like, no, not yet. Leave me alone. He said, he said no, I'm not going to leave you alone. I said, man, I already got one, Mom. He said, well, that's fine, man. You got two now. I'm going to come pick you up. Right? I'm going to come pick you up. I'm going to sit in here, and we're going to get you signed up. And then we can go hang and kick it. A true friend is willing to do what it takes to help you find growth in a healthy way. When my, my marriage, when I'm angry with my, my, my spouse, and that, that's, that, has that ever happened to anybody? You ever been mad at your spouse? And you know what he does? He doesn't just take my side. He doesn't just go, oh man, that's right. Forget her, man. I can't believe that. He said, man, you got to change your mindset. When did you do this? When did you do that? You need to do what you need to do to make this better. Don't sit there and wait on other people to make it better. Get up in there and you do it. Entering into accountability requires honesty. And I got a friend that I can be honest with, that I can be myself 100%. The reality of accountability is that you may not like what you hear sometimes. But it will change you to change your life. It will change you. I'm telling you. Because you, just so you don't hear the constant negativity coming back, you'll start doing right. So you ain't got to go in there and, and be shameful and go, no, I didn't do that again. Because one day you're going to go in there and you're going to be able to say, you know what? I did do this. And they're going to celebrate with you. They're going to cheer with you. People close to you will be able to see what is in your head, by what flows out of your mouth. Even your body language will show others what you really, really are thinking about. And if we are willing, those close to us can act as accountability partners for us. One of the greatest relational situations you can find yourself in is one where somebody else is regularly checking in with you. That's how accountability works. They're checking in with you. You don't got to call them and go, hey, it's my accountability time. No, they call you and say, hey, man, what are you doing? What are you thinking about? 
Get your mind out of the gutter. Pick yourself up. How much time have you spent in God's word? How are your prayers? How's that going? How's church been? And this challenges you to take steps of growth by forcing you to focus and start thinking about your relationship with Christ, his bride, and the local church. I'm going to conclude with this. I think you guys got enough for today. Focusing on the good things that Paul speaks about requires a deep dive into the Bible. You start to see the amazing things that God desires for you. When you allow him to transform you, you begin to step out in faith a little bit more. You begin to to step by step by step transform your life. You got to identify the wrong in your life. Negative thoughts coming in and out, going in and out of your mind. And once you do, you got to start to allow God to replace them with something better. And then from there, accountability is the key for maintaining any form of transformation. Too many of us, we start something and then we give up. We start something and we give up. And we've just accepted that fact. And we've got to stop accepting that. So this week, schedule a regular time to read your Bible. Along with reading, Take some time to journal and write some things down. These can be thoughts about work. Write down what's, what's actually dominating your mind. These can be thoughts about your friends, your kids, God, finances, whatever. The list goes on. And then finally, commit to meeting with a close friend or mentor. You know, and here's the thing. You don't even got to do it face-to-face. Do it on the phone. Text them. You know, I mean, there's, there's people around that love you enough to want to see you grow beyond what you think is possible. As I said in the beginning, this will require some of you to rewire your mindset. But trust me when I say it, that it will be worth it. And 2020 can be the best year of your life. Just like 2020 could have been the best year of your life too. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We give you the praise and the glory for today. Father, I pray that you would cleanse our minds. Cleanse our palates, Lord. Let us taste and know without a shadow of a doubt that you are good. That life is good. That the things that you have planned for our future is good. Let us not dwell on all the negative. Let us not dwell on all the things that that, that we would call clickbait or whatever, Lord. Let us dwell on the things of the Lord. Let us rest our minds on what is actually true. Let us control our thoughts. Let us hold captive all the things that take us off our path and throw them out and begin to absorb the good that you have for us. Father, I pray that we would accept accountability in our lives, allow it in our lives so that we can grow and be better. We can't do this on our own. We were never meant to, Lord. So I pray that you begin to speak to people, pop people in their minds that will help them to be better than they are at this moment. Father, I thank you and I give you all the praise and the glory. Would you stand with us? And let's just meditate on on a song from the Lord this morning. Thanks for joining us. I hope this message blessed you. 
Our goal is to connect you to God's people, God's word, and his mission for your life. You can find out more about us at glfirst.org. Again, that's glfirst.org. Hope to see you next week. God bless.